Paddle Hacks. I'm Matt. I'm Graham. And I'm Ben. I think you guys oh, got that good. totally mm, correct. Yeah, yep. way to throw him a curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to episode three, in which we are going to do a uh, decade recap rewind. Is that what we're calling? What are we calling it? Yeah, decade uh, rewind <laughs> recap. <laughs> anything. We're just going to talk about shit that happened in the past ten years. That's fantastic. And I was generally conscious for the last ten years, so I'm excited about going back through this. Some of it will be paddle related, I assume. I hope so. And then other things will just be, you know, what happened in Ben's life over the last decade. We can just talk about your children for 10 minutes, you know. Everyone would love to listen to that. No one would love to listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) I won't even enjoy listening to that. Um, So as we get into this episode, we have a variety of topics, which we've kind of pre- planned and had but we've had very little discussion about it up until this point so we're kind of doing a good first pass we're doing it live we'll do it live okay we'll do it live fuck it yeah we're gonna we're gonna make it happen and it's less scripted because i think we'll get more realistic reactions out of each other in that regard um so what do you want to do first ben you pick Favorite paddle memories of the decade. Okay, this Let's is a go. good one. I was I took this from a very personal perspective. Well, when then I started off. My uh, my favorite paddle moment of the last uh, decade. Uh, I mean, I, I as a teaching pro, I feel like that kind of shades some of uh, mm-hmm. what we do. But in reality, when you uh, and David came out and did that. Mm-hmm. Um, paddle camp with me in cleveland which is kind of a smaller market but a really rabid fan base i thought that was really special was like fun. that was that was my like we had a full weekend everybody came to hung, hang out we you know taught a bunch of camps we did i mean we we had a party with everybody and it was just kind of a you know it's a grassroots you know kind of market and so you know we we got some new people on board that had never played and we had some seasoned veterans that came out and i thought that that was you know, and it was also kind of the catalyst for starting the podcast. So not to get emotional and sappy, Aww. you know, right at the beginning. But I, I thought that was cool. Go. Me? Yeah. No, that weekend was fun. You can't pick the same. No, yeah, no I don't want to pick something different. Jesus. I don't, I don't Maybe we should have gone over this more. <laughs> I don't want to pick that weekend. I it was have so a... good because Graham wasn't there. Uh, that was, you know why it was, was good? I had a great round of golf that day. I was on fire. That's true. You were I like, the golf you were pro. like, yes. You played with one of our golf pros and and were seven under after nine holes. And our golf pro was like, what? who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> ben is the sneaky oh, best by uh, you know as an outside element. Ben is the sneaky best golfer probably within the Ooh. like pro. That's a good segment because I've yeah. always had, we've had a lot of talks. So the names I've always heard uh, flown around. I've heard Max Lepiver is a great golfer. Uh-huh. Cochran, great golfer. I've heard Johan's a good golfer. The best golfer that I have heard, I've heard Denny English is an excellent golfer, which shocked me when I heard it. Yeah, but that's uh, it. is this because they all self promote? I just let Matt no, do no, my no. promoting as golfing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say anything uh, about it my was own legitimate. golf game. I mean, it was incredible. Like the first couple holes, I was like, "What are you doing?" And then after nine holes, I was like, "You are fucking seven under." Like that's it was unreal, just draining putts. Why aren't you a golf pro? Why are you teaching paddle? It would be a better way to go. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been poor. a much better career choice. Here but, comes um, the transition. No, my favorite paddle memory. Um, <laughs> I. It was Midwesterns a couple of years ago. You were there, and it was like 15 guys from Chicago. We didn't go to the player party, as always. Because we're losers. No, we're too cool. Nope, um, that's not it. 
and we we all just sat around it was the Saturday of Midwesterns and we all just sat around drinking and then Raleigh got going. Mike Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Just telling stories and it was just fifteen guys who all get along, have a good time. And I I thought it was what paddle should be. Right? It, no I don't think we even talked much about paddle the whole night. But it was fifteen guys who all compete against each other on a weekly basis, but all are good friends and got along. And uh, that that to me was my favorite. And I think really quickly while we're on that, I had actually played Mike Rowley that day. And this is my favorite Mike Rowley story. We were playing and it was me and Graham Battle were playing Rowley and uh, Mitch Granger. Mm-hmm. And uh, we won, by the way. But anyway, uh, <laughs> just gonna sneak that in there real quick. Just gonna try that in there. We're playing, and I, uh, Mike hits a ball. I cut it off, and I drive it. And Mike misses the volley, and all of a sudden he goes. And I was like, what the? I was like, I thought we were friends, and he's calling us dicks, and, and like after the match, I'm like, hey, what the hell is? And he had a whole explanation of it, and if anyone asks him what what that means he'll he'll tell you but that's one of my best that midwesterns that year was fun yeah that was one of my best memories from paddle the members at exmoor couldn't be more lucky yeah a blessed group of individuals yeah for sure uh see that's tough for me to follow up so mine is so much more narcissistic after you talked about what paddle should be mine should be graham you're the good one Ah, no yes is that my role yes be the narcissist on the couch (laughs) stay in your lane graham yeah Uh, mine, the first one I thought of was winning the Philly Open last year, because up until then I had had some good results, won some tournaments, but I didn't truly think I was capable of beating those types of players. And I played with Matic, who you know obviously is one of those types of players, so that should occlude me in a little bit, but it didn't. So in the quarterfinals we lose the first set, semifinals lose the first set, finals we playing Juan and Parsons, and they are destroyed us in the first set. Juan made us look a little silly. And then all of a sudden we're up big in the second set. And then all of a sudden we're down two match points. And it's like, wait, what? Uh, we're going to lose like this? But it, at the time it kind of felt right. It kind of felt like, oh, yeah, I got close, but just not today. And then we saved the match point, And then all of a sudden... Turned it. Uh, turned it, yeah. We're down 3-1 in the third set, but playing great. And then all of a sudden we win. And I just had this moment where I was like, wow, I didn't actually think that was going to happen. <laughs> like I, I just didn't. I, I didn't believe it until till afterwards, actually. Uh, but, yeah, that's probably my personal favorite paddle memory of the decade that's a good one i like it that we did a decade rewind but that was within the last th- these were all within the last well you, you do know i'm 16 years old right i haven't played paddle <laughs> <Yeah>. that long <laughs> right <laughs> the right. first year of paddle was 2012 this is so. yeah this is interesting because i started paddle in 2010 this is my ninth oh awesome this is my ninth year of paddle so this really was yeah i started in 2012 13 12 somewhere around there yeah yeah so I didn't I didn't have any good memories from 2011. Yeah. <laughs> After being a, a teaching pro who didn't know paddle, who had to teach paddle for a year, mm-hmm. that was that was not a, a positive. I will tell you one more thing, real quick, before we move on from this. Mm-hmm. When someone first introduced me to paddle, the first video they ever sent me was uh, Dave Keevans and Brian Uline. You've oh, seen everyone hit a spin overhead. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I've seen it. I'm half the views, Ben. So I will tell you. <laughs> Last week, I was playing a match. I was playing with Dave, mm-hmm. and he's wearing the blue turtleneck that he had on in the video. 
and this short lob comes up and he lines up and hits the Albuquerque. The mm -hmm. one he, he's teaching the video. And I was like, I, I'm just kind of a paddle dork. But I was like, that's so cool. Like when I first started playing, this was the video I watched. And standing right next to him playing it and watching him hit it, that was kind of cool. I have a, a similar story, just the opposite effect. I'm playing President's Cup. I think I want to say three years ago. And at this point, Leonard Jonas, and I live in Atlanta, he had moved to Florida. So this was like the big news. Like yeah. Leonard's going to play in our P-Cup team. I get to play with Leonard. And I, I couldn't be more excited. This is here in uh, Chicago. He's playing with Juan. You know, they get to the semifinals, and I'm playing with Leonard against Juan and Johan. And I'm like, whoa, like this is it. This is a moment. This is a moment. So we're playing, and it's actually really super close in the first set, as most President's Cup matches are. And then I try to hit a spin drop shot, and now I kind of figured it out. Back then, I was kind of winging it. I hit a spin drop shot. It goes short. It floats. Johan kind of meanders up to it as he does, and he just drills me in the chest. Just flicks it right up into my chest. And on the next court, Sebastian and uh, Bredberg and Parsons are watching, and they just burst out into laughter. And I'm just like, okay, yep, I, I deserve that. Thank you, Johan. And everyone's laughing at me, and I'm like, damn, I thought I was there. But it was still an amazing, amazing match. You hit a sweet little uh, cut backhand drop shot to win the first set in Jerry's oh, final. That, that was one, a nice one. That one felt good. It's actually, full disclosure, as we were going to the sideline, I talked too much when we play paddle. Monik just tunes me out and smiles. He's very nice. I'm like, that That shot felt better than sex, to do it at that moment. And he was just looking at me like, oh, I don't think that's a very appropriate <laughs> thing to say right now. We should try to focus on the match. But that shot felt better than sex. <laughs> Favorite events? Yeah, any particular events. It could be inner club. It could be league finals, NRT. My, my, the, one, the first one that popped in my head was my first nationals. Playing President's Cup was... So cool being in like in Long Island playing it against these guys. I remember I played against Raleigh and Greg O'Neill, and they gave me so many great tips, and everyone was super nice. And then, spoiler alert, we're going to go over our favorite matches, and one of the matches from that weekend is in there. And it was just a, it was like that kid in a candy store excitement when you just that I kind of miss now. I miss like like you can never experience again, right? It was like my first nationals. Everyone's there. All these players I watch on like grainy YouTube videos because they didn't have the live stream back then. It was just like kind of these eclectic videos I would string together and seeing it all in one space. It, it really was an awesome experience. That's great. Shoot, Matt, go. Favorite events. Uh, I've had a couple of Chicago charities that I thought were pretty fun. I don't know if I can really narrow it down. I don't. I don't I mean. I, I don't. Charities was fun watching these guys win this year. That was cool. That was fun yeah, to see a home that team That was cool win. for sure. Um, you know, I had a charities back when I first started in like twenty. When I first started playing tournaments in twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. I don't know. It's when. It's when um, Johan and uh, Mark were tearing everybody up for a while. And we only got into the draw. I played with a, a buddy of mine named Dave Weibel, who's out in the western suburbs. And we only got into the draw because somebody else dropped out. And <laughs> we had to play <laughs> the, the number card. one seed in the first round. And it was supposed to, they like auctioned it off, mm -hmm. right? The, it's like somebody bought the opportunity. They were trying to raise money. Somebody bought the opportunity to play against the number one seed in the first round. And then somebody bought it, but was like, I don't really want to play. I just wanted to give the money to the APTA. And so they had an open spot. And the only reason we got into the tournament as a late sign-up was they were like, well, you can play these guys in the first one. And I was all pumped up and ready to go. And Dave Weibel was like, I don't want to fucking do this. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And I was like, no, it'll be fine. It was, it was, it was my first charities. 
Um, and and I always remember that it was entertaining to be like, okay, well, this is where I'm trying to go, and now I have a great example of, you know, and they were super nice to us, you know, like they did not, you know, Johan did not tag anybody in the face, you know, and, you know, we dug some balls out, and, you know, they let us have a couple of games, but it was a nice way to start, and they were classy about it. I have a similar one to that because it still exists on Reddit. I, I just realized this. When I first started playing with my dad, so it was McNerney McNerney, and he's great, really talented racket player, way out of shape, but it was a lot of fun playing in the beginning. He like taught me how to play. Our first tournament that we played together outside of Atlanta, we drew Juan and Leonard in the first round, and I yep. could not be more excited. I even posted on Reddit. like The draw is out. We're playing the number one seed, so I think we're like three in the country at the time or something like that. And that still exists. It was awesome. We got five games. The over hit massively. It was a ton of fun. That's cool. I, th- I, I You know, I like any of the league matches we have here in Chicago when a whole bunch of guys get together. Everyone kind of knows each other, especially the Series 1. You see a lot of the guys hang out, and we all play. And then uh, my team, Jurani Bonds, always brings the dice game. Mm. You know, somehow he <laughs> my, always wins. Yep. Brings his own dice, and he always seems to win. I'm not saying he's cheating. That's because he's a cheater, Ben. There you go. I think Girani, yeah. Uh, Anyway, he always seems to win. But uh, those are always fun to me. And then I like going to – Graham wouldn't do this because he's he's better than us, Matt. But uh, I like some of the out-of-market – out of, like, the non-big market paddle tournaments – Oh, there's some. I grew up in those events. The Region well, Seven. Well, you played events. one of them a few years back. I love that Colorado tournament. Oh, the Arapaho event. Yeah. Oh, I, I still regret not skiing. Yeah, Matt Warner and I went there. They couldn't yep. be more excited to have us there. The event was great. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Everyone's so friendly. They're so happy friendly. to have out of town people come, and uh, I, I like some like Kansas City. Just this past weekend, they yep. have a great tournament, and uh, Colorado. You know, those they're all fun events. I, I have a fun one like that. Uh, Winston Salem would be one I'd recommend. Like I'm sure no one here listening is realize they even have an event yes they have a paddle event it's an nrt it's like super southern they have the party at a guy's house afterwards everyone potluck brings their own food there's a fire going and it's just like a very truly they break out the moonshine very early on it's a you guys would fit right in at the winston salem nrt oh Oh, yeah highly we should invite ourselves what part of the country is the winston salem tournament held in that is uh, North Carolina. That's where uh, Wake Forest is. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> now it all makes perfect sense. Oh, you, yeah. Tobacco Road, another, baby. You've just picked another landmark that I wouldn't be able to identify on a map. <laughs> I'm aware that Wake Forest, Forest exists somewhere in the country. I just don't know where it is. Have you guys ever played? I have. Ne- I want to go to this event, the Toronto tournament. It's None after ever. the kind of end of season kind of. It's, it's after nationals. I want to say it's uh, like the end of April. Yep, but it's a right. it's a tournament in Toronto, and uh, that's one I've always wanted to go to. Awesome! I thought that might be fun, kind of road trip it up there and and go play that. But I like some of those out of the smaller market paddle events. I'm just watching Matt try and open one beer with another beer. I have done this. This is going to end poorly. You know what? The Modellos <laughs> and the silver, uh, you know, the gold uh, foil on top is going to make it particularly difficult. What else have we got? Should we talk about the top five matches of the decade? Yes, this doesn't have to be specifically top five, but I was just thinking our favorite matches that we've that we've seen. Do any any in particular pop to you guys' mind? You you want us either on the live stream or in person? Absolutely. Yeah, the more obscure, the better. Give me your series fifteen challenge match to get up to court two. You know. Well, I was I was gonna kind of go a little obvious to start, but. The, the both the men's and the women's final from this year's nationals oh yeah were both three setters both really close 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I thought they were both some of the best matches I've seen. Uh, you know, that's uh, where I would go. We did have a, you asked about Series 15, we did have a Series 16 match at my club the other night that went 7-6-6-7-7-6. Oh, yeah. Series 16, two hours, 45 minutes. Uh, that doesn't seem possible. No, it was uh, those guys went at <laughs> I it. I agree with you. But, uh, yeah. I mean, you they know. took 30-minute beer breaks in between sets. Of Absolutely. Course. But, you know, no, so, you know, but the, the, the Nationals this past year was, there was some great matches. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I have a couple. I, I'm a, a paddle geek or historian in the sense that the first three matches that popped into my head were all quarterfinals of Nationals matches. So I'll go in chronological order. The first Long Island, the first Nationals I played in Long Island, Durant and Porter versus Burka and Eberly at Ooh. the Huntington Club. Oh my. This club, this was again my first Nationals. Couldn't believe it. Watching Johan, Johan and Porter play, like they're the amazing team who are gonna, you know, possibly win the tournament. And then all of a sudden, Peter Burka, with that lob of his and solid volleys, and they played so steady. Drew Eberly, by the way, is still incredible, unbelievable backhand. Oh, oh my God, he's just so steady. His backhand and his volleys from off the net, his hands were incredible. But that's the the one of the points is online, the famous double doink point where I think Johan hit an FYM. And it hit the back screen and then hit the top of the cage and then the top of the cage and then bounced down in the court. And I think I think Drew got it or Burka got it, but then they, they put away the next volley. But that match, I, I want to say they were down like 5-3 in the third and they were going to lose and then they came back and won it. But the atmosphere, there was a big Chicago contingent, an East Coast contingent, and everyone at night matched. Those, those quarterfinal night matches, that was the first one that popped to mind. Yep. Second one was, and I this actually I think is the best match of all time, uh, New Jersey Nationals. Um, it's Uline and Eberly versus Juan and Leonard at New Jersey in the quarterfinals and nationals. And when the draw first came out, this is like the match that everyone was excited to see. There's some line call disputes early on. It's going back and forth. Uline slashing everything, Juan slashing everything. Drew and Leonard are just hitting the crap out of the ball. Amazing backhands. And then we get in the third set tiebreaker and everyone is surrounding the court and the, the, biggest controversy i've ever seen on a paddle court happen brian shanks a serve like kind of mishits it up the middle on the deuce side juan calls it out i believe juan and leonard they call it out brian and brian lose their mind because this is this is like the third set tiebreaker to be match point and then they end up getting a line judge on the court then juan and leonard agree the ball kind of kicks off they have to play a let brian and brian are like we don't have to play or brian and drew are like we don't have to play a let it was going to be an ace and they probably were right but the rule said play a let everyone's chanting on the sidelines like let 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 or like it was in and uh going back and forth it was absolutely nuts and the next point i think leonard shanked a lob out of like fear or like just guilt or whatever it is and it ends up seven six in the third ten eight i want to say orion uh jonas and i still think that's the there was just so much controversy line calls back and forth people chanting everybody on uh picking a side yeah. that that match was awesome and then the the philly quarterfinals and nationals gambino Sherwinsky. Mm-hmm. Broderick Palmer, with the, where they were up six match points, didn't close any of them out. Seven six in the third. Broderick Palmer come back. That match was awesome was, for the. Was that the match where that ball bounced, hit the net, and Palmer got and it? Palmer got it. Yes, yeah. I remember. I was standing around people, and they didn't realize he could get the ball. They thought Wait, the point like ended. No. Right. It's just like hitting a net cord. He dug the ball out of the net and then stayed alive. And that match, ooh, that match was awesome too. How's it going? That, uh, Do you have any? That semifinal with uh, Brian 
and Drew was a catalyst for the APTA getting more aggressive with the like the lines judges with the oh the overalls yeah because it was a unfortunate situation that they put this poor guy under who had had a you know weekend seminar i mean it was rough and basically you know instead of bringing everybody in like one team yelled something at him and he was like uh yeah that's right and then the other team yelled something at it and he was like oh wait you're right and then all of a sudden it was chaos right like it was like it was i mean i feel horrible for that guy especially because the ball was way in was yeah, it, like it was way in. Way I, I just in. happened to be standing Uh-oh. right there on the, like that was my view, right? That was my I was on the center, you know, center service line right behind the screens. Everybody was hanging out and that mm-hmm. was so here's clearly a, good. Here's a question for you guys while we do it. I I'm I for the most part I believe people don't cheat. I think when people That's play, very noble of you. No, I think when people <laughs> I think it gets to a point when people play, they want the ball to be out so much. And they, they go for it. They actually almost, they, they see it out. They, they they want that ball to be out so badly. I don't think anyone goes into this going, oh, when it hits the line, it's out. I, think, I just think they really, really want that ball to be out. And they don't mean it to. Sometimes, know. yes, I agree with you in most cases. But I, th- I think what it's more to do with is when someone sees a shot hit, they automatically make a determination if the ball is in or out. They're going to say this ball's going in or this ball's going out. So when they think in their head the ball is going out, I think it can kind of maybe impact or they kind of start calling it and then feel uncomfortable changing it or whatever it may be. When they see when they saw the ball come off Brian's paddle that was clearly miss it. I mean he hit it up the yeah, middle. Yeah, no, he shanked it. He it was literally not a shanked clean it. serve and yeah. and it spun like crazy because he mishit it so poorly and the fact that the thing curled in and landed right on the line was shocking to everyone. Yeah. Yes. But they called the ball basically before it bounced. Yes. Right? Like he exactly. that was part of the controversy was essentially that like you got to let the ball hit the court before you decide if it's in or out and it was that was the case yeah so i think giving people the benefit of the doubt they do do that i think i think they're trying they they saw it out but they start calling it too early and then they yeah i think that happens but i I do think there are some people that make terrible line calls there are those out there matt and i we won't name any names but matt and i played a uh it was playoffs a couple of years ago i can't remember if it was quarters or semis and we were playing, and ball came to Matt. Matt cracks the return. It goes past the net player to the guy at the baseline, and the net player quickly swings his head around and goes, out. <laughs> so I look at his partner. I'm like, come on, man. And there'd been a few bad calls before this. But I look at his partner. I'm like, come on, man. Like, that was in. He goes, oh, I didn't see it. I go, well, that's really impressive that you hit that <laughs> ball back and you didn't see it. <laughs> Two points later, same exact thing happens. Matt cracks another return right past the net player. Net baseline player kind of digs it out and the net player flicks his head around and goes, oh, that was out. And I look, I go, you gotta be kidding me. He goes, no, 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 that one was really out. <laughs> I go, so what you're telling me is you fucked us on the last one. <laughs> and I look at Matt and I go, this match is going to be over really quick. Yeah, <laughs> it just went off the handle anymore. trying to hit people. Yeah. But uh, going back to the matches, we talked about this, Graham, on the way up here. One of the first matches of this decade uh, that I I think it was 2010 mm-hmm. was Man Singer and Goodspeed against Duran and Albrechts. Yep. Is that how you say his last name? Albrechts, yeah. Uh, Johan just took over. Yeah. They lost the first set. You know, you said Jerry didn't miss many shots, but Johan just came out and it was like, 
0-0 or 0-1-0, something like that, the last two sets, and just seeing the game kind of change because Mansinger and Goodspeed were like the guys. They'd yeah. won everything. And then you see this whole new way of playing. Yeah, no, I of, absolutely think that that was a watershed moment between sets one and two. And mm-hmm. then I think paddle has never been the same as it was since Johan decided, oh, wait, I can just hit everybody with an FYM and the point will just end. I mean, they had to literally change the rule for him. But ever since then, it's just gotten more and more athletic, more dynamic when Mansinger and Goodspeed were so traditional. I think that match, if they had gone on, if like Johan had lost that match, it might have taken a little longer. But once they won it, it was like, go. Everything, yep. everything kind of changed. Wait, what was the rule change? You, so if you hit an FYM, if you hit a ball hard enough where it goes in the court and then hits the screen, oh, you mean where it breaks the boundary going back the other way? It can, yeah, it, it cannot cross cross the net uh, or the plane of the net. If it goes into the net, it actually is still your point. That's that's kosher. But mm-hmm. if it goes over or crosses, it is not. That is that is illegal. Yeah. Who has the best FYM in the game right now? I think Johan for sure always will because Johan has that tendency where he doesn't bring it out that often. But what he's really good at is if anyone ever FYMs him or anyone ever hits a shot high or if anyone ever t- get tags his partner, the next point it's like, duck, man. Just concede. <laughs> just just keep apologizing. Say the next point because he's going to come right back and hit you. I think his is so fast. I think it's really, really good. Yeah. You ever play like Mike Marino? He won't hit oh. one. And then all he of a sudden, the overhead one, one. once he pulls the first one out, then it's every third ball comes at you as an FYM. Yeah, and yeah. it looks like a regular push overhead, and then all of a sudden he just slaps it at you. Uh-huh. And then you're like, where am I? And then he laughs at you, and you're like, this is stupid. This isn't a fun <laughs> game anymore. Yeah. <laughs>